0: according to okay welcome to dark outdoors where we try to shine light into a lot of the dark insidious crazy dangerous stuff that happens in the outdoors realm and of course the bulk of what we talk about is everything from you know the increasing animal attacks strange weather patterns but we delve a whole lot into the human dangers of the great outdoors and kind of the pilot of what we did um last year kind of trying to test the waters there was really an interest in this uh a guy that i have a lot of respect for uh william ramsey um he william ramsey investigate is an incredible investigator for a lot of this really interesting stuff that certainly mainstream media doesn't pick up on and uh to have an update on the smiley face killer phenomenon as well as some other interesting things he's been working on we have Mr. William Ramsey, thanks for coming on to Doc Outdoors. Chester, thanks for uh, inviting me back. Glad
1: to be back. Thank you.
0: Well, you know, it's really interesting. Last year, I put a little teaser out for this, and then this year, we're coming back with Aurora. My other podcast has been doing great, but I had to kind of separate the wildlife podcast from this stuff because there's so much of this stuff happening. Before we recorded, we talked about how, man, you think, oh, I don't know if anybody's going to respond to that, and then the response is unbelievable. So we're going full bore with this to try to raise awareness to this stuff. And kind of what turned me on to your work was your work with what's called the smiley face killer phenomenon. Just really quickly for people not familiar with that, can you kind of give us up to speed?
1: It's this phenomenon of young men being out at night, typically in a bar mm-hmm. area and in, in really places all around the U.S. and the globe, UK, mm-hmm. Europe, uh, that we know language barriers might prevent us from knowing more of these types of cases, but going out, disappearing. But instead of their bodies being found within three or four days, oftentimes found later in a body of water. And it got yeah. its original tag, the smiley face killers, from the two original investigators into it who found a correlation between the smiley face uh, symbol and where these, mm. some of these people went missing. The two investigators were Gilbertson and Gannon. So they kind mm. of gave this phenomenon its name But it really, really is the phenomenon of young men, healthy, athletic, out at bars, something goes wrong later to be found in a bottom of water, oftentimes previously searched. So that's how it got its name. It's probably the phenomenon probably is fairly recent, like it's only really took off in the last 25 years, I think is really, um, it's happening. But since the COVID kind of has gone away and the, the pandemic is somewhat over, the cases have just picked back up. I've got like 20 cases listed here. So, wow. Yeah.
0: Well, so. what got me interested in this was uh, it's in the realm that I deal with. I deal with fishermen all around the nation and uh, these bodies are being put in water. There's, there seems to be some evidence of maybe kept somewhere else, dumped in water later on. That's the realm of people that I deal with. And you think about the idea of you're out with your family or maybe you're out night fishing, just trying to get away from it all. And then somebody pulls up in a van or whatever kind of a terrifying scenario, but, um, what other thing that interests me, you just mentioned is how thoroughly searched most of these waterways have been. And then there's a body that all of a sudden mysteriously pops up. Yeah. It's very
1: surreal. Like you wouldn't expect it, but a lot of these by, I mean, you can go through the, uh, the cases, there's probably two or 300 cases about this type of event or phenomenon. So many of them previously searched. There's usually a massive search. This is a loved one, younger man, Mm -hmm. parents are still alive, has friends. They're almost always over the news. Like Doing my research into my first documentary was very easy to go back Mm -hmm. and look at how these searches progressed because they all kind of laid out the same way. Guys missing. People call the police. Uh, Posters Mm -hmm. uh, go up around the city. Then search Mm -hmm. party. And then they're searching. And it happens over and over. So they're searching the water. Then the water teams come out. And those water teams, a lot of them, if not all of them, are very well trained in how to do a specific water search. They're not Mm -hmm. just like uh, journeymen. Like, oh, yeah, you want me to help? No. They go out. They have wires. They systematically check water bodies. And then sometimes uh, these bodies will fall. And sometimes the water isn't really even more than waist deep. Like one case that comes to mind is one out of... Pittsburgh and Maniac, this guy, Shane Montgomery, the water was up to their waist. They fully searched it. And then he was. they found his keys, but they didn't find his body. And then his body showed up in that same body of water like 18 days later, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's just crazy stuff. And uh, these very thorough teams and the body shows up. And there was even one, I think this might have been one of the early ones where researchers found where there had been a rope around the neck. uh, Right, that's Dakota James. James. Yeah, not a researcher that
1: that Chester. That wasn't an ordinary researcher. That was the great um, uh, forensic anthropologist, anthropologist, Dr. Cyril Wecht, probably one of the foremost authorities in that field. Who who personally did the uh, looked over the autopsy of Dakota James again and said, "Why is there rope marks around his neck that weren't found by the other forensic?" So in other
0: words, probably his family wanted another look at something and got maybe brought in an expert.
1: Yeah, local expert. Cyril Wecht is very well known. He's done so many. He's made commentaries on so many different cases. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, probably one of the foremost people in the field looked at Dakota James. They're actually in the same kind of metropolitan area around mm-hmm. uh, Pittsburgh. So that's where Cyril Wecht lives, Dr. Cyril Wecht.
0: You know, I think in, at some level, the smiley face killer's name may be unfortunate for some people maybe taking it seriously. because uh, There's already been some kind of mocking little movies and things made out there. But uh, this, in my opinion, just what I've seen, it's probably not like a serial killer doing this. You mentioned the last time that this is probably some kind of methodology shared in the underground, and there are multiple groups doing this. That's what I would
1: say. That's, I think that's yeah. why this phenomenon is is seen in the global phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why yeah. it's happening is that groups with the mm-hmm. similar outlook um, who are very fringe than standard, yeah. you know, standard groups, something more modern, something that the world hasn't seen before is engaging yeah. in, in this phenomenon that the world hasn't really seen before. Maybe in smaller amounts. I think that there have, like the mob used to, one of its disposal ways was to put bodies in water. So, sure, you know, there's Name other positions. groups. That, yeah, right. So there are other groups that use this, but then and something else got picked up where people realized, hey, this is this is more efficient than disappearing somebody into the mm-hmm. woods or something. This is like you confuse the police and then people don't look for them. So,
0: yeah, and pretty easy to close the case. Someone seen walking away from a bar, maybe then they're in the water. Well, they They were drunk. They fell in. And case closed and they're trying to close cases and things like this but these seem certainly a lot more mysterious and um, when I watched your documentary uh, one of the things that I don't remember offhand I should have it in my notes there was a music video that had like a guy tied up and pipes going down his throat or a tube going down his throat and very dark esoteric stuff that looked like maybe this could be some kind of symbolism of what could be happening behind closed to some of these victims, or at least someone that's looking at, in a, a like, re, like not rationalized, but like celebrating, killing and torturing with water.
1: I think so. I think that that, that was actually kind of how I got, if you look at the, the poster for the, my first video, which was done in 2017, uh, that mm-hmm. was the video that I got was these pipes going into water where some of these people are might be even drowned elsewhere, which is super creepy. That they're, yeah. That's why people call these these water deaths drownings, but they're not necessarily drownings. And what differentiates these deaths, at least in one pool of the smiley face killers, is nobody sees them go into water and drown, right? They're mm-hmm. found in water. So I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. But uh the video is called Broken. It was mm-hmm. associated with nine inch nails, and the mm-hmm. director was a guy by the name of Peter Christofferson, who was an occultist. Love Crow Alistair Crowley was a mm-hmm. member of the um illuminates of thanateros thanateros is two words coming together like eroticism and death so Mm -hmm. they were kind of like sex death cultists so you don't really know what the really inner teachings are but peter christopherson did a lot of videos that you might see today like if you watch videos from Mm -hmm. rage against the machine or something like that so he traveled around he had his own band he was in another cult group called topi Um, Mm -hmm. which is the temple of psychic youth. So, um, and there are smiley faces associated with them and their group, their group as well. So it's very strange to see this phenomenon that people are watching from a criminology background Mm
0: -hmm. and the symbol
1: overlap into an occult group that uses the same symbol.
0: Yeah. It's almost like you're like speaking in code or something or like, going, Hey, you know, we're doing this. You don't know, or, you know, celebrating that thing or that really, I know that a lot of these people like to create this dark aesthetic, uh, which is something that's kind of beyond my mind to think about, but polluting the atmosphere in these things you'll, you'll, you'll hear in research and things like that. And, uh, but you mentioned something I think that's very important about this whole phenomenon is that no one's seen them go into the water. I mean, with all the security cameras we have around a lot of these areas and all the people in different areas of cell phones and whatever else, why aren't people seeing them go in the water? Right.
1: And I think that's very important. There's been other researchers. I'm not the only researcher. There's been Gilbert and Gannon. Gilbertson Mm -hmm. and Gannon, there's been other guys, Igor Sarsky, Jim Smith. And Igor Sarsky has researched and decoded some of these terminology. I don't have it offhand, but it indicates that some people in this community are very aware of where CCTV cameras are. Mm -hmm. So that awareness See, Some people are like, why aren't they seen on camera? That awareness is correlated to some of these uh, dark occult groups. So they're aware yeah, they're- of Yeah, there's ways to check cameras, especially in the UK. You can kind of go and see where the CCT cameras are. Mm-hmm. And um, it does kind of play into some of these murders. Like I've, t- I've seen this kind of who's known as the grinder killer in London. His name was Stephen Port. It was the, the even though they, the police had the CCT TV camera, it was the family who asked for the CCTV camera and from the police and looked at it and said, who's this guy with my brother who ended up dead in a kind of mm. like a suspicious circumstances. So the actual family were the person who pinpointed who this guy was. And then when they researched him, they're like, oh, wow. And Stephen Port actually has a life sentence in the UK, which is pretty rare. And there's an inquest going on as why the police didn't capture this guy, but he was drugging them. And there, I mean, just all kinds of really dark things going on. Um, he was homosexual, and uh, so there, the CCTV cameras not only may they be working, but the police may just be negligent in looking through a lot of the stuff, and they don't share a lot of information with the public, which I think is an unfortunate. No. So, um, you know, a lot of these are like nothing suspicious. You know, move along. We, mm-hmm. we, you know, you just drowned, and. I think they found a couple of cases where the guys' water in their lungs wasn't the same as the water
0: where they were found, which is awesome. Wow. Crazy. Yeah.
1: I think yeah, there was you know,
0: yeah. That That's interesting. So, literally, they were testing the water in it. So, if it's in the, the some river and then there's water in the lungs from another pond or something, I mean, yeah, wow. or
1: something. Yeah. So,
0: some of these guys yeah. get dumped in ponds. There's recent cases of like people being found
1: in ponds too. So, Josh Agnew in Nashville, uh, Texas. So uh, Christopher DeFreitas, like places where you could stand up. Like mm-hmm. if I fell in, even if I was inebriated, I could just stand up. Like, so why are, what, what's going on? Why are these unusual things happening? Yeah.
0: I mean, someone would have to be pretty hammered to drown in, you know, a grown man in three foot water and they couldn't stand up and it's a hard bottom. I mean, that some of that doesn't even really make sense. It doesn't
1: um, make sense because you're, you're too drunk to get out, but you're not drunk enough to walk there. Right. Yeah, so you yeah, somehow can make it to water, but once yeah, you fall in, yeah. you can't get up. Like, so how did you get there? Like, if you're really that yeah. drunk, how did you walk with nobody seeing you to get
0: there? Yeah. So. That, that's just, that's a mystery. And I love digging into this because it kind of makes people think about being aware, you know, hopefully yeah. if you're out there and you're partying and drinking and you're uh, any age honestly but if you're in this this like i guess 18 to about 30 years old category yeah. male yeah. Uh, certainly uh be very careful tr- you know know who you're around and and don't get to the point where you're and i don't drink at all so i, I i've never been a drinker because so i want to be in yeah. control be in yeah. control of myself but uh it's funny because i was in rock bands for years as a kid but i was like a unicorn i didn't drink or smoke you know uh uh i was That's the unusual. one that showed up on time I was one that showed up on time, Uh, but, uh, you know, I've always been cautious. I I was always cautious around women, you know, like we played a club or something. I was always like, man, that girl's been drinking too much. We need to make sure and somebody needs to call her a ride because you don't want somebody taking advantage. But I don't think, you know, many years later now, I would never have thought in that environment of watching out for the guy other than maybe taking a tea that he's going to drink. Someone to go prey on an adult male in the peak physical time of their life is to me, scary at maybe a different level. It's
1: scary. And most men would not expect themselves to be targets. Women know. They watch their yeah. drink. Yeah. They're very yeah. cautious and savvy, um, generally. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're yeah. looking out for getting drugged, but the men aren't. And if you look at some of these cases, Christopher Jenkins the, or uh, mm-hmm. Joey Labute, too, which were one of the early cases mm-hmm. that I followed, something, there's a personality change. And so these guys start mm-hmm. acting in ways that the family says, he's not even a drinker. Dakota James' mom says he never drank more than two beers. He was a swimmer. How does he drown? Huh. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. He was in his, he was the captain of his high school swim team. Like, wow. So, like, yeah. So that's really super suspicious. He could probably swim a mile in the ocean and not have a problem because these guys are just used to being buoyant, you know? Um, mm-hmm. They're really good swimmers. So <sighs> there's real problems with like the whole drowning thing. But yeah, the, uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of you got to really watch out for getting drugged because these guys there's weird things where like they get kicked out, they're acting strange, they're, they're swearing, and it looks to me like they've been drugged. And the earlier researchers, Gilbertson and Gannon, found uh, GHB in some of the victims, so they clearly to me, based upon the scientific record or the you know forensics, mm-hmm. that
0: they there was at least a couple who had been drugged. Wow. I mean, sorry, and drug, now, drug, Yeah, so that, that's like what we call the date rape drug, right? Like right. it takes G-H-B, inhibitions right. down. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's, that's also in our bodies, right? Correct. It's, it's
1: uh, in the background of your body. So the GHB gets processed very fast too, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. So you have to like, mm-hmm. if you, people think they get drugged, they have to have a blood sample taken very fast to, to keep it intact. But yeah,
0: mm-hmm. it is. it's just when there's a preponderance, and it yeah. takes on you forget stuff and all that. Yeah, I got you. And ambition's going down. But when you start scraping down the, the layers here, you talk about the symbolism of a of like the smiley face that's you know part of this and other layers. It it gets down to a level where this almost seems ritualistic at some level. Do you think there is occult involvement in some of this?
1: I do. I think part of it is. I think there might be people who aren't in the occult. But yeah. I do, I've like, it's been a kind of appeal the onion thing for me. Like, I've come to more realizations. I was very yeah. knowledgeable about Crowley and some modern satanic stuff because I, I didn't know. It, so I learned about it. And so mm-hmm. I think like this there's groups out there that are very much into neo paganism. So if you look at the old druids, they're in the forests, in the woods, at yeah. sacrifices. A lot of like Halloween stuff, when you see the jack-o'-lanterns, that comes from mm-hmm. Druidic lore. So some of these mm-hmm. people, what's hard believed is like the kind of res- receding of Christianity or biblical worldview, which very few people have this day, uh, sure. to this day. But now this this neo-paganism is taking that place. So people worship the forests. They do things in the mm-hmm. forest. And for backwoodsmen, mm-hmm. I would definitely... Uh, be very aware that some of these people are in the forest, maybe not just hunting or fishing, but. uh...
0: Well, Mr. Ramsey, what got me to even consider talking about the occult, like on this show like this was something that happened to me when I was 17 years old. Right. So uh, well, we used to have red blooded American, heathen young men used to go girl, we'd go parking, go find a make out in a, you know, a deserted road somewhere or something. Right. So I went to me and my girlfriend at the time, uh, we drove out to the spot and uh, there was an old slab that was in the woods. that was at the end of a dirt road. and I was going to pull out there, you know, and, uh, and as I pull in, I see light and I'm going something on the ground. And I, and when I pulled up a little further, it was a gigantic, probably 20 feet wide circle of candles. Uh, and then there was a guy I could see like at the back end of him in a black cloak going down in the bushes. And I, it took me a minute to realize what I was looking at. I mean, I wasn't an occult expert, still not, but I could figure black cloak, candles, middle of the woods, not good. And uh, you ever seen Star Wars when Han Solo hits hyperspace in Millennium Falcon? That's kind of what happened to me in reverse in my truck back then. And it lit, I got chills. It scared me to death. And um, I remember thinking that kind of got me at an early age to know that, like, my God, these, this stuff is not just like on a TV show, it's real. Like, there was something happening out there, you know? And Man. that got me to thinking about this. And you hear about like in 1989, we had the, the killing of the, the Texas students over in Matamoras across the border. And you mentioned these Druid people. I mean, their whole old rituals and stuff are pretty much like out in the woods, naked around a fire kind of thing.
1: Right. Like you stay out there, you've got your cloak, you're feeling Mm -hmm. the energy of the forest trying to be a one with something oppositional to kind of modern civilization with lights and electricity, but they're feeling something very different. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so there there's definitely this kind of neo-pagan move. And I do think that fascination with the occult goes in waves. So I think after kind of Manson, people freaked out and said, this is terrible. And so people realized it was bad. And now I think we're in a kind of a newer wave of kind Mm -hmm. of post post Aquino post, uh, kind of, um, Satanism that is sophisticated and integrates a lot of ideas. Like I said, a lot of just neo-pagan ideas, but also other occult ideas. But I do think when you really start studying these occultists, the smiley face is very important to them and what it represents, Mm -hmm. uh, it has like an exoteric and an esoteric things like you may see a smiley face. Oh, it's a happy face. But to them, it means something different.
0: You linked it to um, Watchmen. Uh, right. Alan Moore. That's and, correct. Yeah. So can you just kind of give a little bit about that and kind of like the, 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 the character and kind of what that smiley face symbolized for him?
1: Yeah. So it goes in. So Alan Moore is like the number one, maybe. Uh, graphic artist of
0: mm-hmm.
1: the 20th century. He's done a lot of kind of occult-influenced stuff from Hell. But the other one was The Watchman. Um, you know, from Hell is another occult-related like thing. But The Watchman has this character in it called the comedian who has a smiley yep. face on all his stuff. But he laughs while he kills, kills. And that's how it starts off in the film and book. And he gets thrown out of a tall building and lands, and the smiley face gets draped in his own blood. Um, mm-hmm. But what, from my, I, from what I understand, what the occultists think is that this smiley is represents chaos at the end of this aeon. So they're literally mm-hmm. using that as a change. It's tied into this idea that they want to return to the old gods, the old pagan gods. So that's why it's weird too, mm. because if you look at the earlier research of Gilbert and Gannon. Some of these mm-hmm. smiley faces are on trees and things like that and on rocks. And I think that's intentional.
0: Yeah, so like kind of going back to those pagan roots of those quote-unquote gods and little Gs uh, that were part of that maybe, you know, like that, the pantheon of gods of they call the golden era. Uh, and it's interesting because you look at television and things, you see a lot more of those old gods popping up again. Right, it's interesting. It's
1: like it's coming back into fashion. And it should scare people because that that was kind of the era of the Nazis was God is dead, we're going to return to paganism, and we're going to have all these pagan practices, and you know, we're going to go out with torches, and we're going to have these old runes and go to places out in the forest. So this kind of return to that old paganism usually has consequences that aren't positive.
0: Now, you said neo-paganism. Can this come in various, like, not denominations, but like forms. I mean, this many different kinds of religions that might come out of different countries, regions.
1: Absolutely. I think that there's a whole host, like the order of nine angles, which I've studied is, can be seen as neo-paganism or neo-Druidism. You go out into Mm -hmm. the forest overnight, you lie down and you stay with motionless for 12 hours until the sun rises. So come, you know, so yeah. So there's certain rituals you do. Um, mm. so that's one. There's kind of like neo-Odenism or Odinism where you worship the Norse gods, Wicca mm-hmm. and Alexandrian and Gardarian witchcraft has a lot of druidic paganism and things like that, rituals type stuff. So I think, you know, there's a lot of op if you're an occultist, you can you can kind of fashion your own occult tradition uh using a lot of different ideas. And I talked about the Temple of Psychic Youth too. So they all can kind
0: of meld together in some occultist mind. Now this order of nine angles, where are they based out of?
1: Well, that's a really good question because they're not really based out of anywhere. They originally came out of the UK out of this guy, mm-hmm. David Myatt's writings, but they spread into almost like uh communist cells. They call them nexians. So the ideas mm-hmm. that because of the internet, the ideas mm-hmm. of the ONA have spread all the way around the world and there's little pieces of it and people, you know, fringes of the internet, they can go and download the literature. And it's become uh, the right, the farthest right has become enamored of some of their writings, like the neo Nazis, really mm-hmm. like this. And it came out of a guy who was really a neo Nazi and an occultist. So he kind of fused Nazism and occultism together to create the ONA in a very general sense. But mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't really, it's it claims to not have a leader. Of like a hierarchical leader. Like anybody can pick up the ideas. You don't have to really mm-hmm. be a member. You can become a mm-hmm. member, but you can come up, you can just take the ideas. I think it's very well written. People always ask me, is intelligence behind it? Like is an intelligence network or, you know, one mm-hmm. of the big agencies behind it. I don't know, but it doesn't seem to be that case, but it, ha- it does have that element where you can just write your own pamphlets and call it ONA. You don't have to really,
0: yeah.
1: you know, adhere to the central teachings. But um, so so they have like these little cells, and you'll see this like one is called the Temple of Blood out of North Carolina. They just had a huge scandal because they found out that the leader of that next again, was a government informant who had been paid one hundred forty thousand um, dollars over over seventeen or eighteen or twenty years. So that was a huge scandal. But um, some of those guys who are associated with the Temple of Blood or Adam often have been put in jail. But um, yeah, so as far as the O.N.A. being Having a hierarchy, it doesn't publicly claim to have that. They do have somebody who's the head of the outer order, and that person changes often. Or has changed over time. Originally, it was myat but uh, mm-hmm. you know, they encourage kind of like people kind of take their own uh, t- teachings and their own flavor of the ideas and 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 work with it themselves. But it's definitely neo paganism.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, if like uh, you know, if you looked at like Anton Levay stuff on the on like the surface level, it was almost like plagiarism and like uh, atheism with the cloak is what people you know kind of describe it as. And then you had like people like Sean Sellers in the '80s who kind of freelance and used that as a dark influence and went and killed. It's almost it's it seems like it's a dangerous thing sometimes even to turn people onto their own ideas, uh, like. I can be my own God. And that's really what the devil wants to do anyway. He wants us to be like, you know, that was the original temptation, you know, right. to be like God. And um, it seems like there's maybe some more sophistication in some of this.
1: Yes, I think so. I think you're right. But I think that the original temptation is integrated into all forms of Satanism, whether it's Crowley,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. Aquino,
1: LaVey, Myatt, you're a God. And, you know, you can act right. according to your own will. So it's the opposite yeah. of, uh, you know, the, uh, the opposite of the Lord's prayer.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting. You look at some of these going to pagan roots. I mean, you look at some of the, I had someone that I knew years ago, and, they, and their mom was a witch, like a generational witch. And they told me, if you come across X, Y, or you come across the Satanists, you come across this, don't worry. But if you come across someone who practices Santeria, be afraid. And I was like, uh, whatever. I've seen the believers with like Martin Sheen. I think they had like the Santeria thing in it. But I got to just looking around a little bit because I knew some people in Florida that had ran into some Santeria practitioner, practitioners while fishing. You know, it, just, it didn't, nothing happened, but it freaked them out. Uh, and there's like Palo Mayumbe, and they go out in graveyards and try to get the energies up. So there's a lot of things out there that like send out into nature where people might not expect to encounter something like this, you know, and always want people to be alert because you're not going to – the media is not going to tell you. They're going to tell you anything because, oh, these are just peaceful people you know, practicing the religion of their homelands or whatever. Um, and a lot of times that's not the truth. If you look deeper in some of these stories, I mean there seems to be occult things and a lot of, a lot of murder and, and, and ritual stuff that never gets talked about it. But there's, there's real victims who really right. encounter these people. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned Mark Kilroy and the Matamoros
1: cult. He was Mm -hmm. Palomayombe influenced, but he's very Mm -hmm. similar to an SFK victim out late at night, Mm -hmm. drinking with his buddies, young college Mm -hmm. student Mm -hmm. disappears, Mm -hmm. right? He gets separated. They don't know what happened to him. If they never found his body, they never would have known what happened. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. That's a lesson to a lot of young men and women out there. You got to be, and things are not going the right direction. Things are getting more dangerous, more chaotic. So,
0: you got to. Yeah, really you know, really I'm mind boggled that parents still send their kids after they graduate to Cancun, Mexico, to party. And I'm like, It's crazy. And you I mean, want to talk about done that. bro? If you want to talk about people getting
1: drugged in anywhere, Mexico is notorious oh for getting mm-hmm. drugged. People wake up in their hotel room, they don't know what happened. People have yep. died down there, become organ yep. donors.
0: People have drowned. There's
1: tons of drugging in Mexico.
0: So you got to really be careful. Well, I spoke to a sheriff uh, on the, one of the border areas in extreme west Texas. I live in the easternmost city of Texas, and he's way out far west, like 10 hours away from me. And, um, and I'm asking him, like, if you come across illegals, because there seems to be a lot more people. He said the, the, the biggest part of what come across his border is human trafficking. Uh, and he mentioned that, you know, things to look for if you're hiking or camping is like, you know, a cave, symbols and caves, the Virgin Mary, different things. And when he said the Virgin Mary, it, it kind of made me think about this, uh, thing that I learned about a couple of years ago and Santa Muerte, uh, which seems to be a religion that's kind of tied Catholicism into some, like, maybe I don't know, Mayan worship or something crazy. And there's millions of adherents to it down there. And, um, uh, so what are some of the symbols, like, or things that someone might see if they're out hiking, camping? Is there any kind of something you would see and be like, you know what? There might be something really strange going on here. Maybe I should turn around. Yeah, smiley face.
1: <laughs> you see yeah, that? dude. You might That might be <laughs> like, whoa, if this is random and I'm out hiking and I see that, you might want to just turn around and run. Uh, you know, it's they actually use uh, stick figurines, kind of like okay. the, uh, what's that witch movie, the... They had like stick figurines. They actually do use those. Those witches do. Circles really? like you saw, yeah. So yeah, that's the whole that thing
0: was like ingrained in my brain from seeing that, you know, 30 years yeah. ago, you know? Yeah, uh, so I stick, mean, you just got to really be
1: careful. Yeah, you know, and and uh they go into the forest and chant. They look for these old, those old powers of the forest. Like that's mm-hmm. what they're doing. So you got to really be aware i don't know the the santa muerte is mm-hmm. uh, all over this like all over drug trafficking or narco satanico mm-hmm. trafficking but that's yep. been tied to this whole kind of thing that goes on down at uh, Juarez, you know this killing of women like they've had like mm-hmm. 2000 women a lot of, some of them are ritually done away mm-hmm. with so yeah really bad so and that's not that far from the west texas i mean it's west
0: texas no right? i mean that that's right that's not too far and uh you know i got offered to go and i used to go every four or five years we go been to mexico you know like it's a texas vacation this is up until like 2000 and then it got real bad you know and i said i'll never go back and i got offered this thing to go fishing from a company who does like tourism this um, mega bass fishing lake and they were going to pay my flight, pick me up there with a bunch of other riders, give me a $1,000 worth of fish and tackle to come so we'd write articles about it. Wow. And I said, I can catch a bass here in Polo Miyambe and Santeria and Santa Muerte and the cartel aren't here. Right? <laughs>
1: so I was like, you know, I ain't going, baby. <laughs> do you know that uh, the guy, uh, Adolfo Constanzo, he went to Matamoros because there were other... Types of those types of cults in that area. That's where he found comfortable Comfortable. He came from Mexico City, so he, so he went to that area. Yeah. Wow. And so yeah, really crazy. Yeah. So there's there's a history of these weird kind of uh, Mayan influence or Aztec influenced cults that are in mm-hmm. that part of
0: Mexico, that north eastern part. That has to be some of the same principality spirits and stuff that's stirring that thing up. I mean, it's. I mean, that stuff is so, you know, look what's happening in Mexico. It's so dark. And I feel so, I pray for the people of Mexico frequently when I see something on television, because I mean, the, the bloodshed is, it's unbelievable down there. It seeps across the border and you get all these, these things going on. But the the one thing I really want to make people is get some of these, these stories out there to make people who hike, fish, hunt. Go out in the back country, and and really the main reason is because since COVID, there has been the largest increase in outdoors users in American history. Um, uh, hunting license, hunting hunting's been going down for. I'm fishing both, but hunting especially been going down for 30 years in numbers. It spiked 20 percent the first year. Uh, and like a million plus new hunting licenses and fishing was off the charts and camping is even they have to have waiting lists to get in some national parks and all this and what happens is people want to go because you know we got locked up they realize hey man being locked up ain't so good in in nature god created some beautiful stuff but these people who don't understand the outdoors at all especially them are like they have no idea, the media does not ever really link anything other than maybe a John Doe or a Jane Doe found in the woods to dark stuff happening. And I'm just trying to make people aware so maybe they can save you know, save their life. And, or maybe like they find a weird stick figurine or something that's out there that goes, you know what, I'm not going to go anymore. Maybe that'll save a life. And that's probably the best thing we could do here is raise awareness maybe to save a life.
1: I agree. And there's a couple of cases. There was a case in Michigan. There's been cases Mm -hmm. around national parks of there was Mm -hmm. this guy who was the best quarterback, uh, the B league or whatever, not the A college ladies, but the B league. Who ended up Mm -hmm. something weird happened to him and he ended up face down. And and, uh, I can't remember his name offhand, but it reminds me of some of those cases in Western Michigan close to a state park like.
0: Sometimes mm-hmm. there's
1: strange things going on. There's some strange backwood kind of deliverance stuff going on.
0: Well, we have a, a Sam Houston National Forest, and it's about two hours uh, northwest of me. It's, but it's literally like 40 minutes north of Houston. And um, this lady started a thing called the Missing Texas 40 uh, because she, she did Missing Persons of America named Jerry Dean. And I've done a couple of things with her, just all the missing people around that forest corridor. Now it's up like 60 something. And they just found two people murdered in there. And uh, I went and talked to a game warden about a year ago. And I said, Hey, I'd like to maybe talk to you sometime about some of the more human related dangers you find in the woods. He just looks straight at me and goes, you mean like all the people that are missing in the Sam Houston national forest. Uh, So there seems to be pockets of this stuff out there. And there's probably a lot of reasons for it, but, um, you know, like I said before the break, I think we both agree that you put something out there that seems really strange, and then it comes out, and people go, "Finally, someone's talking about it." Right? No, there's some strange stuff out there. I worked
1: in Yosemite for a summer, and there were always stories mm-hmm. of weird things happening and uh, mm-hmm. people disappearing. You know, yeah, really dark stuff. So there, there, there's there's uh, some of those forest areas have harbor some very dangerous
0: people who do meth and are into the occult. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah and it seems to be those two things seem to link up a lot Like there seems to be a a definite drug cult correlation uh and all these dark areas and you know i'm one of my things is uh, it's not always super remote areas like me it was just right outside the city when i was 17 years old and just being a, a knucklehead, uh, boy, you know, and right. Just so this happens. is going to stop in like 60 seconds. I don't, uh, zoom, this zoom meeting. Okay, cool. So like, do you well, want to just wrap, wrap it up? Yeah. I'll wrap it up. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll edit it and everything, but, uh, anyway.